0: everybody welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Uh, we are exactly one week away from the NFL draft tonight and uh, obviously there are still many many things to to go on between now and then but uh, we're really excited tonight to have uh, Tony Pauline with us. Uh, Tony does outstanding work for the uh, Pro Football uh, Network and uh, also is the host of the uh, Believe in Draft Analysts on the Believe Podcast Network and uh, joining me also is Ian, but nobody really cares about Ian. Uh, Tony, welcome and and man, uh, get right to it. We've seen you on a lot of different Steelers stuff this week. You sound like you're, you're really narrowing things down for who you think the Steelers are going to take. What, what do you think here?
1: Well, you know, it, all signs point to Najee Harris. Uh, they may, they may not take him, but that's the, the, that's the feeling I'm getting. And, you know, you go back to last year, I thought they made a mistake not taking J.K. Dobbins in the second round. I said that all mm-hmm. along. I thought that was their guy. Uh, now they have a bigger I hole at running back. They've got some holes at the on the offensive line. It seems like it's going to be Najee Harris. I know I confirmed for, again today they like Tevin Jenkins. I guess mm-hmm. the, uh, the big question mark is uh, is Landon Dickerson of Alabama, who obviously they need a center. He's a very talented center, yep. a terrific player on the field, but he's a horror show when it comes to his medical history. <laughs> yes, so I, I don't know how they balance that out. Yeah, I.
2: This is Ian. Thanks a lot for joining us, Tony. I had a, a follow up on Dickerson. What are you hearing on his medicals? How are they checking out? Are they checking out okay? I mean, obviously there was that video of him doing cartwheels during the pro day, but I mean, doing cartwheels is a little different than you know going through a full range of medical tests too.
1: Yeah, I, you know, again, if you were, I reported on Pro Football Network earlier this week. He got what was, what was called a three minus uh, during his combine medicals, and a three minus is equal to a C minus. And, it, wow. you know, it's it's not just the most recent uh, knee tear that he suffered during uh, the, the SEC title game. You go back and you look when he started at Florida State, he was never mm-hmm. able to finish his season healthy. Had a, an additional knee tear as a freshman, had two significant ankle injuries, then, you know, played well in 2019, played better in 2020, had another knee injury at the, mm-hmm. in the SEC title game. It's not just a question, as I said last night, excuse me, with Trey Winkle, it's not just a question of whether or not he can stay healthy. It's when do these injuries start to rear their ugly head in the future? Mm -hmm. I mean, could there potentially be the onset of early arthritis, inflexibility, things like that? You're really looking for, uh, when it comes to a guy that is this injured, is he going to make it to his second contract? I I don't know. They're going to have to find some sort of compromise. Between the talented guy and he's not only he's talented, he's smart, he's nasty, mm-hmm. he, he leads by example. Versus, you know, just the awful medicals. I, in I can say this, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, if it was just an ordinary guy who got a C minus, he's going to be fla- an ordinary guy would be flagged anywhere from one to two rounds, could mm-hmm. even be a reject. It's a different wow. situation with Landon Dickerson, or it could be. We'll see what happens.
0: That's incredible. So you can you can literally see him maybe going anywhere from from round one to three or four. I mean, that's how severe difference we're talking here with those.
1: I have him as a fifth round grade on my board, primarily because of the medicals, because, you know, I know he's been mocked in the first round by people. I, I do know the Steelers like him. But when I look at the medicals and know the history of guys who, you know, weren't as injured, had red flags that were less severe than mm-hmm. lander dickinson and saw how they fell I, I struggle how to see how he's going to be a top 100 pick based on the metaphor yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, ian go ahead sure so i had a, another question on Najee harris too um so since 2003 kevin colbert's only taken one player in the first round that was older than 22 obviously running backs a huge need um or you know are, are you hearing from your sources that they're willing to kind of mitigate or buck that trend to to go after a guy as talented as harris because obviously on the field he's super talented
1: yeah and and and, you know he's a mature guy and he's confident in himself i don't know that that's going to be an issue you know the the steelers are at a point where they either have to get the pieces in place to win quickly or they're going to have to be they're going to be in a rebuild mode real soon so i I think harris gives them the ability to win quicker uh, then some of the other guys who they select, I I've not heard that Harris's age is a problem. The fact is, is, you know, as I said in an article, money, he fits the identity of the Steelers. He's a big True. grinded out, pounding running back with terrific short area quickness. Who's also a very good blocker. And he fits what he fits the Steelers mold at the running back position.
0: Tony, the other guy you mentioned out of those three, uh, Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, and he he's one of those guys his tape is really fun to watch because he, he he just gets after it. I mean, you talk about a guy that goes to the whistle and beyond. That's him. W- what do you see from him that that fits not just the Steelers but just fits a guy that's a good NFL tackle?
1: Very athletic. First of all, he's got the size, uh, mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins. When you look at him, a 6'6", 317 pounds, Ran under five seconds, uh, and it's pro day. Not that you really care what a four, what a lineman runs in 40 yards, but it shows his athleticism. Mm-hmm. You watch the film for a taller guy. He bends his knees. He plays with terrific pad level. He easily moves around the line. Uh, easily moves off the line of scrimmage about the field. Gets out to the second level, uh, and blocks well in motion. Takes out linebackers. I-, I talked with somebody earlier today, and they feel he's a college right tackle who can act, who be able to swing over to the left side and play left tackle in the NFL because mm-hmm. he's so athletic, because he moves so well, because he has such good agility, which is, you know, usually it's a college left tackle who lacks the mobility to stay at left tackle and he's got to right. move to the right side. This is unusual. It does happen, but this is unusual for people to say, yeah, you know what? I like this guy at left tackle or right tackle.
2: That makes a lot of sense, too, and really with the proliferation of dual-edge rushers. I mean, you have right tackles essentially having to block premier-edge rushers all around the league. I mean, you know, T.J. Watt's going against right tackles for the most part, too. So, um, you know, having a, a guy on either side that's – you know, I, I think the difference between a right tackle and a left tackle is kind of mitigated over time, especially recently.
1: Especially in certain systems. I mean, you look at Lane Johnson with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. I mean, former mm-hmm. tight end, terrific left tackle for Oklahoma – Eagles moving to the right side because of that, and because that that's a fit for their system.
2: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Ian. Oh, um, I was going to ask Tony a broader question. So, Tony, for some of our listeners who uh, you know may not be as familiar with your work, um, can you give us like what's your what's your biggest uh, draft hit that like a, a late round guy that you absolutely loved over time that you're like this guy's going to be a star Ooh. and everyone's sleeping on him
1: uh i'd have to think about that one <laughs> i'll i'll look through the, while while you're talking i'll look through the notes and we'll, and uh, eventually i will come through to one but i so it, it, there's got to be somebody yeah. out there
2: yeah. no 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 all good yeah Go ahead, so Ian. oh i was i was gonna ask an easier question i was gonna ask who's a late round guy in this draft that you love that you think is going to be a star <laughs>
1: um i i don't know about star i mean because star is Mm -hmm. is is pretty steep plus the fact you know the late rounds in this year's draft is going to be a tough go of it because so many talented seniors have returned or or took up the ncaa uh offer to return for a second senior season Mm -hmm. so what you're seeing is a real dearth of talent uh in this draft especially in, in the late rounds i mean there's a guy by the name of William Sherman, who's an offensive tackle from Colorado who projects the guard. I like him a real lot. I think he could be a good player. Ernest Brown of Northwestern, an uh, edge rusher. He's probably going to go in the later rounds. He's had some injury problems in the past. He's got a high upside. I think he can be a real good player uh, in the NFL. In the right system, Jamie and Sherwood of Auburn large Mm -hmm. size safety at 216 pounds, but not the fastest guy in the world. I think if you use him as a traditional strong safety or in a zone type system, I think he could also be a good player at the next level.
0: Tony, I'm going to go ahead and ask you the question that, that Steelers fans always want to know this time of year, especially over the last five, seven years, do you see them drafting a quarterback? And, and if they do, who's a guy that you like for what the Steelers do?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard that they like uh, Davis Mills in round two. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot depends on if they're able to get an offensive lineman around, or with, where they go in round one. But I think Davis Mills actually would be an excellent pick, an excellent consideration for them. The guy's got great physical talent. Uh, he's got a fireball of an arm. He's got a mm-hmm. live arm. He can make all the throws. He's somewhat athletic. Uh, he's a guy who, before the season began, Scouts on the West Coast, who I'm friendly with, told me that if Davis Mills has the type of season that he is uh, capable of, he could have been Mm -hmm. a top 15 pick in this year's draft. But what happened was, you know, the Pac-12 really struggled to get their act together, started Mm -hmm. their season late. It was a week-to-week grind in the Pac-12. And, you know, to be honest about it, he played uh, very uninspired football. I mean, he he was a guy who uh, I lived up to expectations. At times, he's a bit late uh, pulling the trigger, which hurts him. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, he's got a lot of upside. It, it'll be a situation where he's not forced into the lineup, uh, which, which I think will be good for him. He can play behind a, you an know, established quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. So Davis Mills is a guy I think would be a good fit and somebody to keep an eye on. Kellen Mund as well at Texas A&M if he happens to be down there.
0: Is he like a third, fourth-round guy, you think, Mond?
1: Uh, I, no, I think uh, I think he, at the latest he's a third round guy. I'd be shocked okay. if he gets out of day two. Uh, he's got, you know, when you look at the physical package, he's right up there with most of the quarterbacks here as far as his arm strength, the ability mm-hmm. to get the ball through the tight spots, uh, the ability to drive passes downfield, the ability to uh, pick up yardage with his legs. You know, when, like I said Davis Mills is a bit late pulling the trigger with Kellen Mond. He tends to stare down the primary target a little bit too much, and sometimes gives mm-hmm. his uh, passes away, which hurts.
2: Right yeah Ian go ahead if you got another one sure yeah so Tony you mentioned about how it was a a wild ride in the Pac-12 this year and kind of the the big 10 too um with a lot of players opting out this season how do you think the opt-outs are going to impact the players draft status do you think we're going to see guys like Micah Parsons fall down the board a little bit because he opted out of 2020 or do you think he'll still go you know high up or just anyone in general who opted out how's it going to impact their draft status
1: I, I mean it'll be different from team to team if Micah Parsons falls down draft boards, it's more because of off-the-field character issues Mm -hmm. as well as the fact that his instincts run hot and cold rather than the fact that he opted out. Now, it's going to be different from team to team, and even within those team war rooms, uh, there's going to be a lot of dissension and a lot of different uh, opinions. I had posted, or I said uh, several weeks ago in a show I did with Trey Wingo, that I was hearing... The Miami Dolphins really did not want to take a player that opted out when they owned the third pick of the draft because the top players at that pick would have Mm -hmm. been Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell. And sure enough, two days later, they make that big trade where they go from 3-12 to and and 12-6. to So I think that was a direct result of the fact that they didn't want to sit there and and take a a player that opted out. It's going to be team-to-team different opinions, dissenting opinions within the team, and then you got to go player by player. I mean, a guy like Gregory Rousseau, who a lot of people mocked as a top 12 pick before the season began, I wasn't one of them, you know, just said he was going to opt out, prepare for the NFL draft, and then he turned into a terrible pro day. So now you're looking at a guy that, I'm sorry, wasn't a terrible pro day, a pro day that did not meet expectations. So now you're looking at a guy who has one year of production on the college level, opted out, and perform poorly during his pro day, you know, that will hurt.
0: So with these opt-out guys, Tony, do do teams look at these guys and say, okay, they opted out to prepare for the NFL draft, but do they also view them as guys who, geez, I wonder how really passionate you are about playing football if you're opting out. Is there some of that to be said?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and there is some of that within Certain people, uh, uh, you know, uh, in teams. I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think you got to look at it as a on a case by case basis. I mean, there's a central uh, defensive back, cornerback from Central Florida, named Tay Gowan, who's a solid player, potential mm-hmm. late round pick. You know, he caught COVID during the summer. Oh. Uh, he then gave his mom caught COVID as a result of him having it. His mom was hospitalized with COVID with her reaction to it. So you could understand. Why a guy like that would probably opt out. There absolutely is that opinion or that feeling from some people. Why did a guy like Penny Sewell sit out, uh, stay, stay out uh, on the silence or opt out uh, on the offensive line? You know, does he love football? I've heard that before. I don't agree with it. I think it's a case by case basis. And and again, you know, it's not just, you know, a guy like say Rousseau where the ACC started on time, had a full season.
3: Mm-hmm. okay,
1: you want to question that, that's fine. But, you know, a Penny Sewell of Oregon, a Walker Little of uh, Stanford where the season was on and then it was off and then it was on again and then it wasn't yeah. starting until November and then it was a week-to-week thing. You didn't know whether you're going to be playing every Saturday depending on the COVID positives on your team and your opponents. I mean, that's tough to prepare for. So you're short. you got the long answer there. The short answer is absolutely yeah. yes. And by the way, Matt Milano, I'm looking at my list here. Matt Milano was a guy who I uh, had as a late-round pick and, and said he was going to do well at the next level. I told you no. i come up with a name. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and you nice. did. That's great he work did. right yeah. there. <laughs> and that's,
2: that's a great point about the opt-outs, too, because I read an article about Micah Parsons yesterday that basically said that if the Big Ten had had a regular season, he would have played in it. But when the Big Ten canceled the season, he put together basically a training plan to get ready for the draft, and then he was already into that training plan. And I think out in California training when the Big Ten and kind of, you know, opted back into the season, and he was at that point, you know, already training. So he was like, "Well, I'm just not going to go back to Penn State at that
1: point." And then there was, you know, uh, you know, the NC2A was kind of dragging its feet on if you sign with an agent, could you come back in? Could you play the season? And a lot of these guys yeah. had signed with agents, you know, in, in August when the it was initially announced that the season was canceled. And I, I mean, it was mayhem. So a lot of these guys from the Pac-12, from the Big Ten, you, you can't, you can, you have to. I don't want to say you can't blame, but you have to understand where they were coming from.
0: No, I, I think that's a great point. I, I think people forgot about the agent side of it too. Um and and, and it is. That's a good point that that I don't think enough people are considering. Uh Tony, before we let you go, uh we have a, a longstanding tradition here uh, on the podcast. We always uh uh the my, myself and Ian and our our other co host Ben, we we usually have a, a nice beverage. Uh a favorite bourbon or whiskey or something. Is, is there anything that uh, you're, you're a big fan of?
1: I drink beer. <laughs> and, and I primarily drink beer from green bottles, I, unless I can get it on tap. I mean, I love local tap beers. I'll always Excellent. go for the local tap beer. I like Newcastle on tap. I like Stella on tap. If it's out of a bottle, I'm drinking Molson or Beck's
0: outstanding outstanding well trust me we we enjoy beer too <laughs> for sure uh hey thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us we know you're busy and and great work as always and uh, uh again you can follow tony on twitter by the way at tony pauline and uh we highly suggest that you do tony thanks so much and have a great night
1: thanks for having me
0: you thanks bad. a lot Bye. tony bye-bye and, hey, the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast is sponsored by Deck Roofing, serving Broward in the southern Palm Beach counties, whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos. Contact Deck Roofing. Jeez, oh, man. So <laughs> Today by visiting deckroofing.com. you uh, think I'd already had a bunch of whiskey, but actually I haven't. Um, I've just started on that. I'm if drinking could, some. Uh, yeah, oh geez, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Uh yeah. I guess is since we're talking so about it. So delicious too.
3: I'm drinking uh, the Quiet Man again that I told you guys about.
0: Yeah, you, you a week were, or two ago. Uh, you
3: were ranting on that it and, is so um, flipping good. Uh, oh my god. We
0: uh, Ben you you didn't catch the the interview we just completed with Tony but um um he he we uh, gave him a chance to talk a little bit about his his favorite libations and he's a big beer guy. Yeah. Um, so he, he, uh, threw out, he, he likes his Stella and a few of those other ones. So, um, Don't say, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He said stuff
2: in green bottles,
0: stuff in green bottles. That's right. That's yeah. a great line. Stuff in green bottles. But uh, anyway, um, thanks again to Tony Pauline for for uh, jumping on with us for a few minutes to talk Steelers draft. And now that's what the three of us are going to do. Um, I I really wanted us to all have our mock drafts ready to go, but I, I'm not going to lie. I, I failed to get my homework done. You Um, suck. I do. I do suck. And the part of it is because I am at a loss. I am probably... I'm I'm still not final on mine. I have one that's that's a work in
3: progress. I have about 12. And you know, we'll see. The middle rounds to me are really difficult. Mm -hmm. That and, you know, I mean picking that late Ian mentioned this before, but picking that late in the first round whatever they do in the first round is going to totally skew the rest of the draft and so it's like i i don't know man Uh, yeah
2: and and there's there's so many directions they can go in the first round i mean we've talked about it the last couple weeks on the show the the signs and needs seem to point to them taking a running back but when have they ever followed Mm -hmm. what the Mm -hmm. signs and needs have pointed to over the last you know five or six years like really since the shazier pick they've all kind of been off the wall a little bit. I mean, Bud Dupree filled a need. TJ Watt filled a need. But those weren't necessarily, like, the top guys people were thinking about or, or linking them to. So, right. um, you know, if you if you look past the running backs, then, you know, if they take an offensive lineman, if they take a yeah. tight end, heck, they could take Pat Frymer, if they take a cornerback. Like, that really yeah. just – skews the whole rest of the draft and i you know there's there's so much talk on twitter and everyone i see doing mock Mm -hmm. drafts has them taking three offensive players in the first three rounds and they hardly ever do that it seems like they they always a lot more balance alternate alternate picks yeah that you know i i really feel like there's gonna be one defensive player sprinkled in there in the first three rounds and you know, if, if they go corner in round one, if they take Asante Samuel Jr. in round one, then. Which you know, wouldn't hurt my feelings. No, I don't know no, about no, you guys. Nor mine. Yeah, nor nor mine. mine. Yeah. Nope. Um, but then, you know, when do you take a line? You, you know, they've but got. But then, wait,
3: wait, wait. What if they, what if they, and we talked about this before, before we started yeah. recording, what if they decided that, you know, a lot of the reason they failed as a running team last year was the guy who was blocking. Or th- rather the guy who was going up against Eric Ebron was basically coming free because Ebron can't block. What if they decided True. that what they need there in that spot is just a guy who can block even semi adequately, like Heath Miller as a rookie, that kind of level, not Heath mm-hmm. Miller in his prime, but Heath Miller as a rookie. If he could do that, their running game would be vastly improved.
0: Therefore and they, you're suggesting- decided to go,
3: they decided yeah. to go Pat Fryermuth and make him the tight end of the future. What if yeah, that happens? I, well, that, that totally throws off the rest of the draft for me.
2: Yes. You're that absolutely and every
3: right. year, every single year in the second round, it seems like they go value. They go with the guy, they have mm-hmm. the best grade on. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like people look at it and go, Whoa, I did not see that, but that's actually a really good pick. I like that.
2: So yes. I would, Friar would not hurt my feelings at all. I would, I would love that. I'd like that to see him move great. back if they did it, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah so uh, yeah i agree in in that and the thing is they they need starters essentially starters at at least three positions maybe four i mean you need a starting running back you can get one later but you still need a starting running back you need a starting center you need a third cornerback yep you probably you You need need a starting left tackle you You gotta have a tackle tackle. yeah um And you need a number two tight end who's going to see significant time just because of how they run. So, I mean, that's five guys, and they only have three picks in the first two days so you know some of those some of those spots are going to get shuffled back to they have two picks in the fourth round so you Mm -hmm. know but two of those five are going to get shuffled back to day three and you're probably not going to get a starter capable guy on day three I mean they got super lucky last year that Kevin Dotson fell into their laps and he was able to start I want to emphasize that to people
3: Kevin Dotson is a fourth rounder who's ready to start as a rookie is is an outlier. It's the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, Kevin Dotson, a consensus all American, didn't get an invite to the combine. The Steelers got lucky. They got flat out lucky. Yeah, that guy I'd is agree. that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So waiting until the fourth and fifth round to pick offensive linemen is fine if you're willing to invest two or three years in those guys and watch them develop. They don't have that kind of time this year. They need guys that can come in right now and play.
2: Well, especially with this being Ben's last year, I mean, you got to go for it this year. You got to do what you can to go for it. With the exception of... If Justin Fields falls to eight or 9 you have the opportunity does. to trade up for him. All right. Well, then, let's,
0: let's yeah. go there then, Ian. Let, let's, cause I was going to ask you, who's the one guy you, you would trade up? Cause I, I, I feel like this is, if any year, this is the year the Steelers need to trade back, get a pick or two extra, but is there the one guy that the Steelers might want to trade up for? And obviously you're leaning towards a Justin field. So what has to happen for
2: that to occur? Um, So for that to occur, you would need basically him to fall past seven. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Carolina is in rebuilding mode. They, you know, could probably go for using future picks. Um, the the Broncos we've traded with them before, but the Broncos are in a weird situation with Drew Locke. They don't know yeah. necessarily what they're going to do. Um, so you would you would need, and then you've got other teams that are closer that probably also want to trade up. So you really have to sweeten the deal a little bit. I mean, if you think about if someone's if Carolina, let's just use Carolina for example. If sure. Carolina is trading back from number eight. If, say, New England offers them a good deal and they only have to move down, you know, from eight to fifteen versus moving from eight to twenty-four, you know, we're going to have to give them a lot more just a lot because more. Of, there's a, there's a lot more distance they'd have to cover. Um, you know that. That being said, we have an extra third round pick next year because of the Bud Dupree comp pick. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we traded up for Devin Bush, Kevin Colbert specifically said they were willing to trade. Their future third round pick, because they knew they had a third round pick coming back to them as a comp pick for the Le'Veon Bell Le'Veon. deal, and it wouldn't right. it wouldn't lock them out of that round. So, you know, I would think to to get up into the top ten, it's going to cost a future first and mm. probably and a three a future third. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm thinking. Is if you can if you can make that deal to get to eight with Carolina or even seven to, with Detroit mm-hmm. at the cost of A future first and a future third, and not giving up any additional picks in this draft, that's an ideal situation because this year's quarterback class is a lot better than next year's quarterback class. And you can hand that guy a clipboard and say, sit here and watch for a year and learn our offense. And then you can come in next year and kind of hit the ground running, which is what Patrick Mahomes did. He, he sat his first year. He didn't come right did to play. It. They played yeah. Alex Smith for 16 mm-hmm. weeks, and Mahomes only played in week 17 because they'd already had their playoff spot locked up and didn't have anything to play for, and then they went back to Alex Smith in the playoffs. So, right. um, yeah, but that's that's the one situation that I would trade up for is, you know, if if Carolina or Denver mm-hmm. or Detroit or whoever is is willing to take that deal of, you know, not getting any more picks in this year's draft, which is a hard sell. It's a very hard sell. But giving them a a future first and a future third. But for a a rebuilding team like a Carolina who doesn't have a quarterback, really. I mean, they traded for Darnold and Mm. still kind of have Bridgewater. But, you know, they don't have a quarterback for all intents and purposes. So, um, you know, having multiple first and third rounders next year. I mean, you're essentially giving them two top 100 picks next year. It, It might be worth it for them. Yeah.
0: So, Ben, is is Fields the guy you would move up for or anybody else if they fell to that? Fields is
3: the only one I would move up for. You know, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. If if Penny Sewell somehow dropped, I'd I'd move up for him, but that's not going to happen. So, forget it. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a weird year. It's going to be a weird draft. I think Mm -hmm. guys that we don't expect to fall are going to fall. I think that teams are going to place more emphasis on guys who played this year as opposed to guys who sat out this year. Yes, Um, There's a lot less medical information publicly available to be consumed by people like us Mm -hmm. than there is in most years. Um, Everything's a lot more close to the vest this year. So it's, it's hard to really get a sense for exactly what's going to happen and who's going to fall. We're going to find out that day, but, I don't think the quarterbacks are going to fall, you know, unless your name is Kyle Trask. He sucks <laughs> incidentally. You mean um, Mason Rudolph Jr.? <laughs> uh, I think he's better than Mason. I I you know, Dane Brugler says he's a carbon copy. I think yeah. I think he's smarter than Mason. I don't think my, I don't think Mason's very smart. I'm sorry. I, and you guys all know that. I'm I'm on record with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't think it's a question of balls. I think he's got the guts to to do what he needs to do out there. He just doesn't see it quickly enough to react to the situation. I don't think he reads defenses very well. And I think Trask is better in that respect. Okay. Um, He may be,
2: but their throws outside the numbers are very similar in that they just float.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you just can't have that. On an 18 yard out, if you're throwing the ball up with that much air underneath it, you're giving the corner time to make up the the distance, make up the separation, and either deflect the ball, get a pass breakup or get a pick, and that just can't happen. An 18-yard out has got to be thrown in a spot where only the receiver can
0: get it, nobody else. Um, ben, one of the guys that, that Tony Pauline brought up quarterback-wise was Davis Mills out of Stanford, who, who, quite frankly, has gotten zero buzz until maybe like the last couple weeks. Um, he really likes him. thinks he'd be a fit for the Steelers, you know, real big arm. Uh, just, just not a lot of body of work. Cause he's, I think he only started 11 or 12 games. I, I mean, it, he, he thinks he's going to go in the second round. I, I, I don't know that I'm that high on him, but have you had a chance to look at him at all? I know nothing
3: about this guy. Okay. All I will tell you is I'll be surprised if the Steelers take a quarterback as well. Uh, if, yeah. if they do take one, it would be really early and it would just be a situation where the value was just too good to pass up and they, they had to do it. Um, but I, you know, all the first round rated quarterbacks mm-hmm. are going to be gone by 24. Yes. Um, I think they're going to be gone by 15. Um, even Mac Jones, who I would be absolutely apoplectic if they chose, <laughs> I still don't get that the hype Not behind it. him um if he goes top five I, okay whatever um yeah i, I just uh i don't mm-hmm. see him taking a quarterback this year that that's no, it and, and davis mills i have not you know i'll be honest i have not looked at him i haven't even considered looking at him um looks to me you know sounds to me like he's going to be a developmental guy limited experience definitely,
0: definitely. uh
3: yep. maybe he's got the big arm big arm is important I mean, it is. He can make like all a guy like Josh Allen, you know. Yep, came in looked like trash for about a year and a half. Then he finally got his act together, and now, you know, he looks like a he's going to be a very good quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's a huge advantage. So if we're if we're talking first round guys here. Um, w- most of us, and we've talked about this on, on, uh, previous shows, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a very clear pattern of what they have done under Kevin Colbert in the first round. The only time they've gone away from power five is when they drafted Ben Roethlisberger in 2004.
2: Can I just uh, jump in real quick? Yeah. Yeah. First two rounds. So only yeah, times under yeah, Colbert, in the first two rounds, they went outside five. the power conferences, um it was well we'll say power conferences because it was power six essentially when with the big east and the old bcs but the power five now but yes so the only time in the first two rounds they've gone outside the power five was 2004 when they took ben in the first round and ricardo coakley out of tiffin in the second round um so you know that's that was a great choice yeah (laughs) one of those worked out really well one of them did not um but, yes, yeah, so, so that's yeah. essentially, you know, what do we say, 21 drafts, 20 picks because we traded our second round mm-hmm. pick for Devin mm-hmm. Bush. We traded our first round pick for make it. So, yeah, tw- 20 drafts, 19 out of 20 guys have been from Power 5 conferences.
0: So, and to piggyback on that, we also know that only uh, a very small amount of times the team or tandem of, of Colbert and Tomlin, they they make pro day visits. And uh, was it Ziggy Hood 2009? Was that the last time that they've drafted somebody in the first round that they did not actually see in a pro day? Is that
2: correct? That's, that's correct, yes. Okay. Um, and they did go to Chase Claypools last year. He, granted, he was a right. second-round pick, but he was their first pick of the draft. So yeah. True, true.
0: And and this year, the the tandem went to, and, and you can fill in the blanks here, guys, uh, they, they attended Alabama, they went to Florida State, They did Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, and help me out with Clemson,
2: Auburn, Auburn. Uh, Let's see. Hold on. I think there was. Hold on. I'm just going to go in order on my list here. So it was Clemson, Clemson, Georgia, Auburn, Florida State, Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame. So that's nine, I think.
0: So quite often, when you sit down and you you look at a Steelers draft, uh, that's where we often start. Is mm-hmm. we start looking at where were Colbert and Tomlin, who are they looking at? Who fits a, a spot there? And and to be very honest, guys, when when I do that, I struggle to find guys that check all those boxes. And and other boxes would include guys that are young. Um, that is they, correct. Since two thousand three, yes,
2: yeah, since two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Only one first-round pick was older than 22 years old, and that was Jarvis Jones, which didn't work out too well. Um, no. <laughs> 2002, they took Kendall Simmons, who was also 23 years old, but right. everyone else in the first round has been 22 and younger. And and so if you're if you're
0: kind of crossing the they're checking the boxes here, Najee Harris is 23 years old, um, but every other box checks. They were there at his pro day. They've talked to him. They've seen him, blah, 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 all these other things. High character, high ability. Tremendously high, yep.
3: The yep. only thing that he's missing is breakaway speed. Yep. Yep. He but he can run that. guys the
0: fuck over. He
3: can run guys the fuck over, and he can also yes. jump over them.
0: Yeah, he's and he's also a he's
3: a yeah. really good receiver.
0: Yes. Sneaky good at that. Sneaky good, because he doesn't he's look a like a really, really like it. good yeah.
3: receiver. I mean, he's not Le'Veon Bell good. He doesn't run routes that well. Mm-hmm. But he he catches the ball Good without hands. breaking stride and just keeps moving. So is it one possible? One other thing, one yeah, other go thing ahead, though,
2: to you. point out because Tony Pauline mentioned this guy's name is Tevin Jenkins. Not only did Colbert and Tomlin not go to Oklahoma State's pro day, Jenkins is also 23 years old. So that's yeah. two boxes he doesn't check. So I'm a little skeptical on man.
3: Jenkins, I would love to have. I just I I love watching. Them. Okay, listen. Yeah.
2: I don't. I don't think I would
3: Jenkins like gets to have him. Colts. <laughs> I, yeah. I think you're probably right. I would like to have Jenkins, but I don't see him making the transition to left tackle. Mm-hmm. I I love the fact that he's as physical as he is. That he's actually he's just, he's brutal. I mean, he's just oh, watching he's, the guy. It's just yeah. like oh my god. He's a baller. I, personally, if I drafted him, I would stick him at guard. He would be a perennial all pro guard. I'll bet you 80% of his career. Mm -hmm. He'd be a hall of famer. Uh, I wouldn't even waste him at, at tackle. I don't see the point in doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, He shouldn't be offended by that. Guards make a lot of money. Now I know the left tackles make more, but he's not going to be a left tackle anyway. He's going to be a right tackle or a guard. Um, And the Steelers already have a bunch of right tackles. So I just don't see that as a good fit. Yep. And I agree with Ian. I don't think he gets past the Colts. So,
2: So just to back up something Ben said um, mm -hmm. the mock draftable website, which has those wonderful little spider charts, but also has, you know, player athletic comparisons uh, for, you know, who they match up with. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of Tevin Jenkins' top comparables is Steve Hutchinson, who was a Pro Bowl guard. Pro Bowl guard. And is a Hall of Fame guard. Hall of Fame
0: guard. Uh from Michigan, I might add, uh University of Michigan. Yeah. That was uh, I back mean, before they sucked. That was back, back, back when... before
3: before <laughs> the Harbaugh days when they didn't suck so much.
0: Yes, um, back when they were respectable at least.
3: Yeah, but I mean Jenkins is just violence Oh, declined. he's he's
0: fun to watch.
3: Talk I, I about mean, a guy who yeah. plays the last the echo of the whistle. Echo I mean, of the whistle. That guy. Yeah. You know, and he's not Chris Kimoyatu, he's not looking for fights, he just plays right. hard. <laughs> Team, Hard. uh So and he he beat up guys that that are going to get drafted in the first round this year. <laughs> yeah. So and, and, you know, uh, when, go ahead. Yeah.
0: Well, i just going to say, I you know, Tony, Tony named those two guys, Najee Harris, Tevin Jenkins, and then the third guy was Landon Dickinson, and and oh, I, fu- I, look, look, well, he, he mentioned them because he thinks the Steelers like him. Now he he came back and said, "Look, the medicals are just too glaring. He's got a fifth round grade on him. Um, so he and, has and a fifth
3: round grade on him, but he thinks the Steelers will take him in the first.
0: Uh, Maybe he can see it. I think that's. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but but if you go back to the beginning, I think that's what I he have was to saying listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I look, I'm not there either. I, I don't. It, the only guy I would I'll, take I'll in just the go first on record a week out hopefully.
3: from the draft. Yeah, I absolutely would not take Dickerson with any sooner than the late third. I have a fourth on him. I agree. I don't and it's disagree. because of that injury yeah. history. I would love to have him in a power blocking scheme if he could stay healthy. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing if, if I'm an NFL GM, I'm not willing to make that bet.
0: No, I'm not either. I'm not I'm not either. And and so I I, I really think those three guys now let me offer you this guys and Ian go ahead. But Najee Harris Yes, I he's twenty. Not yes, he's twenty-three. Mm-hmm. But I know I've got Ben Roethlisberger likely for one last year. Then I know that I'm probably going to have a new quarterback, and
2: nothing helps a new quarterback more than a good running game,
3: stout running game.
2: You know what else it, helps a new quarterback is a good offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it does. It does.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I'm not trying to steer. See any Andy Dalton's here. Pro Bowl career in Cincinnati. <laughs>
3: Andy okay. fucking Dalton. People were talking about him like he was elite, and I was like,
0: no, he's not. He's got a great line. Well, but but look, I want line ahead of running back in the first round. But that said, what I'm, so getting, at is, but what I'm getting at is if the Steelers think we can plug this kid in, Nigel Harris, right now, plug mm-hmm. him in, we use him up for five years, and then send him on his way, much like they did with Le'Veon Bell, right? Not going on, it wasn't five years because he was a second-round pick. Was five years. Yeah. But what I'm saying is maybe that's the way they view that. Get, get your four or five years out of him, then it's done. And, and he's helped us transition from Ben Roethlisberger to a new quarterback. And maybe we won some games along the way. I, that's the only justification for me as to why they would take him.
3: Yeah, he's Thoughts? pretty durable. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's, I, I don't necessarily think that he's a guy that's going to peter out after his first contract. Okay. I think he's probably going to be a guy who who makes some money. Um, but, you know, things can change. Yeah, That's the nature of the NFL. But he's been pretty durable. He certainly plays violently enough yeah. um, that you you see it in him where you're like, you're not concerned that he might take a hit and not be able to perform anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: By the same token, in my opinion, if they draft him this year, he's going to take a lot of hits, a lot, a yeah. lot of hits behind the line of scrimmage, just like the Steelers running backs last year, mm-hmm. which is why I would not take him. I would invest in the trenches. But that said, you know, the Steelers right. aren't asking me what I think. No,
0: they're, they're gonna not. they going
3: to do what, they, what they're going to do.
0: They, they're no doubt listening to this podcast, however, because yeah, they need course. as much information as they can get. Yeah. And we yeah. all know they are. Kevin uh, Colbert's listening to our podcast, sure. Oh, shit. Are you kidding me? He's waiting right now. He's got his phone in one hand, his laptop in the other. He's waiting for this podcast to drop. I know Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, something that we talked about earlier today. Um, Alex Highsmith. I I like Alex Highsmith. I think he did a really nice job last year um, in in the situation that he found himself in. What if the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ian, do not – what if they're not as high on him as the fan base is? Do, how does that affect the draft?
2: I mean, we talked about this last week. They're going to take an edge rusher somewhere in this they draft.
0: Will. They will. Yep.
2: Because the they don't have any depth there. It's mm-hmm. Watt and Highsmith and Cassius Marsh who sucks. Um, <laughs> so they're going to take an edge rusher. And if they take one early, that's not necessarily a bad thing to bring in some competition and at least have somebody who you feel like could take rotational snaps this year at either edge rusher position. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, Highsmith and TJ Watt probably shouldn't be playing you know, 65, 70 snaps a game. They should ideally get a couple off just to preserve yeah. them throughout the year. Yeah. So you, you want someone you can plug in there as a rotational guy. Um, you know the the guy I always go back to is like Arnold Harrison. You never heard, you know, he never started a game, but remember yeah. how good he was when he came in? Like he he could come in and you know fill right in for Clark Haggins or mm-hmm. you know Joey Porter or whoever, and really didn't. I mean, he wasn't the pass rusher that Joey Porter was. Oh but no, he, no, he, he could he could play. You know, He's at the edge well, the yes. edge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I mean some someone like that that, you know, is a rotational guy that can play well. Uh, we've talked about before, you should always gamble on on athletic upside for edge rushers. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I think they're going to draft someone and uh, it may not be it may not intend to be an open competition in training camp, but if they draft someone good enough, it could wind up being a competition. And you know, you could see them splitting snaps or splitting mm-hmm. drives and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, this, it's it's this is it's pretty, pretty far fetched, guys. I don't see it. I, I just you don't. think
0: they like Highsmith that much?
3: No, man? and it's not a question of whether or not they like him. This edge class sucks. It, yes, it does. This edge yep. class is terrible. In order yep. for them to take someone who was talented enough to compete with Highsmith, Given the experience he already has and his natural ability, he mm-hmm. has both. Mm-hmm. They'd have to take a guy in the second round, no later. But I don't see it. Okay. Maybe I, I'm wrong. I, maybe maybe it'll be what I talked about before, where the value is just too great with a right. guy they got a great grade on in the second round, and he's an edge player, and they go, screw it, we're taking him. It, yeah. it just it always it would seems have to, be, to me. It, it would have to yeah. be a situation like that. Right. For someone to come in and threaten Highsmith's playing time, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Right. And, so, and, and yeah. so, so what if like yeah. Jalen Phillips from Miami, who just blew it up at his pro day, tested super athletically, um, you know, Jalen Phillips or Jason Owey, you know, what if one of them falls to you in the second round at 55? If one of them's available, or what if Joseph Osai from Texas is there at 55?
3: Well, first, I don't want Jason Owey. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care how well he tested. he wasn't productive. I don't think he he knows how to okay. finish um Jalen Phillips, if he were somehow there at, at fifty five yeah, you might have to consider that, but he's not gonna be there in my opinion. Quitty pay, I really hope isn't there because I'm afraid they would take him, and I don't like him um Me either uh Joseph osai eh, I mean maybe he's young. He's a guy that it's got a lot of upside, you
0: know, mm-hmm. um, well, go ahead. My overall point is this. It, it seems to me that every draft we go into it thinking we know exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking to do. Well, exactly always...
3: is not the right word, but we ha- we think we have an idea.
0: Okay. And that's fair. I, I, what I mean is it, there's always one position that we as fans tend to view differently than the way the team does. And it's usually that situation that comes up most when you you interact on social media and stuff where people are just beside themselves as to why the Steelers took somebody. You know, why would they do that? They already have such and such. Well that just because we like that person doesn't mean the Steelers necessarily like that person.
3: You know, and and I So that's why they
0: drafted Mason Rudolph. Uh, and that's it for
3: tonight, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Thank you so much
0: for tuning in. Um, no, I mean they they
3: took Rudolph because yeah. it, it was it was their second third round choice that exactly. year, yeah. And they just were like, the value is just too great here. Uh, that, that's exactly what it was. This guy is here. We've got to take him. It, it's just we need to take a chance on this. Yeah. So they burned, they burned the pick. No, it was actually their first third rounder because it was, yeah, the, it was Oakland, the one they traded for Martavis It was the Bryant. Oakland third rounder, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they burned the pick. They got in the in the trade for Martavis Bryant. And, man, uh, I said so at the time. I hated the pick. Oh, I still, still wish the they pick. hadn't done it. But I, I understand why they did it. I mm-hmm. get it. You know, they basically had a, a a late first, high second on the guy. He was still available in the third. They took him. Yeah. Uh, I really hope there isn't a situation like that this year again with this quarterback class, because I think it's, it's a very top heavy class. Yes, it but is. But Beyond that. I really don't like it. It's not that great a class. So again,
0: in my opinion, Yeah. yeah. Ian, who, who's the, the one guy in the first round that, you know, you're, you're kicking back, uh, having a, uh, delicious beverage of your choice on, uh, thursday night next week and the steelers pick comes up and who's who's the guy that would make you just want to climb to the top of your roof and just jump off of it
2: you've been to my house my roof is pretty high <laughs> um <laughs> i have I, I i live on a hill it's yeah there's a big drop off there um oh man is there, uh, is there one guy that would fit? i'm sure there's probably plenty but is there I one guy mean, in particular yeah. Landon Dickerson concerns me because of his injury history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can, I can, I can make a good case for, you know, 10 guys who I think will be there that I think are worth taking, but,
0: but
3: who's the um, guy
2: that you, you hope isn't there and they don't take. I mean I I think I said a few weeks ago like Quitty Pay Jalen Mayfield some of those Michigan guys I just don't <laughs> want them to take um just cuz I and it's I, it's not just because they're Michigan guys I agree no, with you I just don't yeah.
3: really like them I'm just I'm like not eh, hey. I'm not impressed with
2: Mayfield's not. a better guard than a tackle he doesn't have a good tackle body Pay we've talked about before is you know, might be the best pass rusher in the draft, but is simultaneously the worst the run worst defender. Run he defender. just does not care. Um, and and playing on a Steelers defense, you need to be, they want everyone to play the run. Even their cornerbacks have to be able to play mm-hmm. the run. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know, one of those guys, Mac Jones, probably. Yeah, I, yeah. there it is. Yeah, um, dude. Yeah. So, talking but, about I him mean, going
3: third overall.
2: Yeah, Uh, the the one guy I'll say, though, I mean, we talked about Najee Harris, but I wouldn't sleep on Travis Etienne either. I mean, Tomlin, Colbert, and Matt Canada all went to Clemson's Pro Day. I'm Um, not sure he'll be there at 24. Etienne's younger than Harris, um, so uh, I I wouldn't sleep on Etienne here either. Um, He's a a good receiver, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, we talked about, you know, nothing helps a young quarterback more than a a good running back. It's true. Etienne's a guy who can score every time he touches the ball. So, you know, we, we haven't had a home run hitter like that since in Willi. the backfield. You know, since, since West, Parker. Parker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And ETN has yeah. much better contact balance than Parker did. Parker would go down at first contact a lot, whereas ETN can actually run through guys and stay on his feet. Ben, I, I would ask Stronger you the same, yeah, the same question
0: uh, related to who's the one guy you don't want to see us take at 24, but you, you've, blurted out mac jones several times jesus Um, i I would i would be
3: absolutely fucking apoplectic if they took him and i gotta be honest yeah it would just be a hair smaller reaction if they took dickerson in the first i'd be like what the fuck what are you doing (laughs) are you kidding me Because i have a feeling that guy's gonna spend a lot of time in the training room in the nfl a lot of time
0: i I don't know how he won't
3: he may have a fine NFL career, but he's going to miss a lot of games. And you don't take a guy like that in the first
0: round. You just I agree. don't. No. I, do, do, uh, ben, do the Steelers take a wide receiver in this draft?
3: Uh, you know, I said a, a few weeks ago, they're not going to do it this year. But, man, it just seems like every single mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. they find value at that position. Yep. They'll take some kid out of some fucking community college somewhere. <laughs> who who turns into, you know, a, a really good number two receiver. Right. And you'll just be going, what the, how do they, what? Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, and I, I'm just slightly exaggerating here. It's like, they take these oh, guys, know. chase Claypool. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that. He goes out there last year and it's like, whoa, this guy actually, those. he's, I mean, even with his limited route tree, because Mm he hasn't developed it yet even with his limited route tree he's still a dangerous player um i did like his tape but when he got out on on the field he was better than i expected i think he's better than most people expected
2: Uh, sure yeah i i would say never counted out with the steelers even though they don't really need it the guy i would keep an eye on is anthony schwartz from auburn um Ike Hilliard, the wide receiver the kid
3: from uh the kid from Clemson. Oh god what is
2: it? Mari Rogers. Yes. Yeah. I like him. Ike Ike the wide receiver coach only went on one pro day visit and that was to Auburn and T- Colbert and tomlin were there which granted them going to pro days in later rounds doesn't matter as much as early right. rounds but they also had a Zoom meeting with Schwartz um and Seth Williams from Auburn, too, is pretty good. But Schwartz is, is more of a slot receiver, which I think is more of what they need. So, um, I mean, fast. you've got Nico Collins from Michigan, who's uh, very similar to Chase Claypool in his, his body size and mm-hmm. unfortunately had to play with Michigan's terrible quarterbacks for the last couple of years. But yeah, that's that I, was I one of the things about, about Michigan receivers that made them
3: very difficult to project is they threw the ball so badly. That's uh, true. Just, I don't know how else to put that, and I'm not trying to. There be is funny, no
2: other way to put it. They were I, bad. I don't and know it's how
3: like, else. It's just like it when it's the like ball. Notre Dame
2: receivers too, like having yeah, to play yeah, with I Ian I agree Book, with you. And then Notre Dame terrible. tight end,
3: uh, uh,
2: Tommy Tremble. Tremble. Yeah.
3: It's really hard to project Tremble because the ball placement on the passes he was catching was fucking horrible. I was like, "Are you what? How did he get that?" Mm-hmm. It was yeah. terrible, and in the NFL, he's going to have it so much easier. So, I, I,
0: yeah. Speaking yeah. of tight ends, is I, I mean, obviously we talked a little bit about Friarmouth, but, I mean, Tremble is a kid that I, I would like in the middle rounds. I, I We've got to I add a Trimble, tight end.
3: Yeah, I don't see Tremble lasting past the third round someplace. And, no, and that I don't might either. Be, that might be generous. He might go in the early third, late second. Yeah, yeah this I can is see
2: it. not a really good tight end class. It's um, a terrible
3: tight end class. It's ugly.
2: Yeah, but I mean, there I mean, are a
3: handful of guys at the top, and that's it.
2: Yeah, well, I think too part of the part of the issue with this tight end class is you've got guys like Tremble, like Trey McKitty from Georgia, mm-hmm. um, like Hunter Long from Boston College that tested really well athletically, but were pretty much just blocking tight ends in college. So, like, you, you know, you don't have a lot of anything on them. You know, you don't have any tape. You don't have any proof that they can actually produce in a passing game. Um that you know shows you much of anything uh noah gray from duke yeah. uh, looked really good at the senior bowl but he did. he's a sixth or seventh round pick um but you just don't know because you know just doesn't have the the college production none of these guys none of these guys have college well, production i, I, uh, know, I, I watched of, you know, i watched a little confident. bit of
0: hunter long
2: today my
0: you want to talk about bad quarterback play holy crap I mean, there there were times he was there was nobody within ten yards of him. And the ball was landing five feet in front of him. I mean, the yeah. poor kid just did not have a chance a lot of times to show what he could do. So, you know, yeah, scouts got to be able to 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 put those pieces together. But I, I I would be stunned if if we don't take a tight end somewhere in this draft. There's just no way we can go with Ebron and then these these two young guys with very very limited experience there. Zach Gentry is awesome. Come on, oh, for God's sakes. Uh, Michigan, easy.
3: Michigan tight end. Yeah, These guys are yeah. great.
0: You watch, we're gonna draft Nick Eubanks. Okay. Oh, as I, as I choke um, on my whiskey. Yeah. Um, what about inside linebacker? I, I, I think they they obviously like Robert Spillane. Okay, but uh, if they had a chance to grab somebody that that could make that position better, don't you think they would do it? Ben, go ahead. For sure.
3: They yeah, absolutely yeah. will because yeah. Spillane is a two-down backer. Yeah. hes I mean, even with his smarts, even with his anticipation, his ability to break plays down, read them quickly, and, and get to the spot. You know, Vince is the same way. Even with those abilities, those guys are liabilities in pass coverage because they just aren't athletically gifted enough to keep up with NFL tight ends and running backs. And mm-hmm. heaven forbid they have to cover a frigging wide receiver. Yeah. God, if we keep having to fucking do that, I'm going to lose my mind.
2: You mean um, if we keep matching from the outside in on our pass coverage? Yeah, coverages? well,
3: and that's the thing that really bugs me. It's like I, <sighs> I've seen, i seen – I know I'm I'm beating a dead horse here, but I've seen Vince call the corner from the outside in to cover the number one receiver or the number two receiver, uh-huh. either or, uh-huh. and him go outside and cover the running back on the edge. And that works fine. Why don't they do that every time? Anyway, I don't.
0: Know. I don't know. But I'm. I digress. I'm PTSD so, we need
3: a linebacker. Yeah. Um, there's absolutely no question. I think the Devin Bush getting hurt last year mm-hmm. really drove that point home. I expect them to take a linebacker this year. Absolutely expect it. I expect him to be a guy who can pay. Who can play respectably. Right. In in. Quote unquote sub packages, which are basically you know 70 percent of the of the defense yes. now, so you know that that's the kind of linebacker I expect them to to take this season uh not a run stopping guy um I don't expect us to get you know another devin Bush I don't expect him mm-hmm. to to no. get an all purpose guy who can play the run, who can play the pass, who can do whatever you need him to do, but I do expect them to take a guy. Who's a respectable guy in in a passing defense?
0: Well, I, I and there are options. Uh, you guys have both talked a little bit about uh, Derek Barnes out Derek of Purdue. Barnes.
2: I love Derek Barnes. You know, I think I yeah. said this last week that like our first pick in the fourth round seems like the ideal spot to grab an inside linebacker just kind of how this draft class is is playing out you got I mean you should have like Derek Barnes Monty Rice from Georgia Cam McGrone from Michigan who as a mid-round pick isn't isn't bad he's got some athletic upside there in the middle um you know I I like those guys in the in the our first pick of the fourth round which is still 23rd or 24th -hmm. um you know maybe Chaz Surratt from North Carolina falls to us Baron Browning from Ohio State will probably go in the the Day two, third round, I would guess. Jabril Cox from LSU is probably a second or third round pick. I'm not as high on Nick Bolton from Missouri. I mean, he's faded a little bit in recent weeks. His change of direction worries me. His straight line speed is really good, but his change of direction worries me.
1: Yeah. So, no, I, yeah. I, and
2: I, and we talked about Surratt from North Carolina last week that he was a, a quarterback. I mean, heck, he's, mm-hmm. you know, out there taking snaps, throwing the ball, a dual threat quarterback, you know. The only
3: thing that bugs me about Surat
2: is he's already twenty four. He's very close to his ceiling. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean he's a smart yeah. guy. And, and, you know, he's, anyone he's who been can, around. Anyone you who talked can about the fact from, that he was
3: Yeah. yeah you yeah, talked about from, the fact that he was a quarterback and, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh he's smart. Obviously, he's converted from quarterback to linebacker. He, you know, he did the opposite of uh, Sam Darnold, who went from linebacker to quarterback. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe he should have stayed at linebacker. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was really high on that guy when he came out, which tells you just how good I am at, at uh, you know. I thought he grading yeah, yeah. out oh. quarterbacks. Oh. Uh, um, yeah. A guy I like that nobody's really talked about, and he's a Michigan kid is Cameron McGrone. Um, not real flashy, does not have long speed, has mm-hmm. pretty good change of direction, isn't real tall, is heavy enough, young, higher yeah, upside, yeah. could develop into something. Now, um, the, that's kind the, of the opposite of a guy like like uh, Surratt, who we're talking about now.
2: The,
0: the interesting thing with McGrone is is if you don't, Watch Michigan's defense. Now, now Don Brown was the defensive coordinator there, and he's now gone, thank God. Basically, this was a a defense that put its corners on an island and just brought the house, okay? And so I don't know that we really truly know the type of athlete that McGroin is. I think he's going to end up being a better NFL player than he was a college player. Now, I I, I realize my, my loyalties to Michigan are clouding my judgment a little bit, but I just got that feeling because when Maybe. you get him in, get him in a system where he he isn't blitzing all the time or he doesn't have one specific thing he has to do. You know, I I, I just I'm spitballing, but I just with McGrone,
3: I see a guy you take in the later rounds, you, you take him sure. like round five on. Yes, you know, it's like okay, we need a linebacker. This kid is still here. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give you. He's not going to give you. Who would I compare him to? Like, uh, I was going to say Williamson, but he's 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 not that fast, but he has better mm-hmm. change of direction than Williamson does. Um, uh Bart Scott, maybe. Well,
0: you know, that's not a bad one. Huh?
3: Yeah, I mean, you no, know, not a not a guy who's going to make the Hall of Fame. Who's going to make a lot of Pro Bowls or anything like that, but he, but he's going to be respectable. He's going to be a guy you can lean on, you can count on on a regular mm-hmm. basis, mm-hmm. and that's a pretty good guy to have in that
0: spot. You know, Larry Foote. Yeah, I was going to say Foot, but I one. didn't want to bring up another Michigan guy, so I just kept my Larry mouth shut. Footy, La- Larry Foote. Oh, Larry, he's a good guy. Uh, you know, guys, as we wind this whole thing down in, in a week to go here, um, Ian, um, if if you had to put all your chips in the middle right now and say this is who the Steelers are gonna draft next
2: Thursday night, who's it gonna be? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, but here's what I will say. So we talked about a yeah. couple of the um, you know, boxes that get checked, trends, yeah. all that. Yeah. So I'll just I just want to run through them again real quick for people, just to put them all out there. So uh, we mentioned that since Colbert was hired in 2000, only one first and one second round pick came from non-power conferences. So if you're looking yep. at where they're going early, it's power conferences. In addition to that, uh, 16 of Colbert's 21st round picks came from teams that finished ranked in the AP Top 25 in the final poll. So you also want to look at you know, I think Colbert said before, he wants players from winning programs. He wants guys who are winners. Um, so, you know, the the guys, I think Bud Dupree was not on a top 25 team. Right. Artie Burns was not on a top 25 team. One of those worked out okay. One of those did not, um, such as it is. But, right. yeah, I mean, so uh, not only power conferences, but also ranked teams. Interestingly, though, I should mention that Ben Roethlisberger did not come from a power conference, but was on a ranked team because Miami of Ohio was really yes, good they, when he was yes, there. They did. Yeah. Yes. Um, we already talked about the, the age thing that since 2003 um, only one first round pick was older than 22. So 22 and younger is a good one to look at uh, since 2014, They've really looked at guys who are highly athletic. So mm-hmm. you know wh- whether it's spark or RAS or whatever metric you want to find online to measure athleticism, um, you know their their early round picks have been young, highly athletic from power conference ranked schools, and as we mentioned, also the pro day thing that Tomlin and Colbert have been to the pro right. day of. Basically, their first round. Picks so, in other words,
0: you're decade. doing a tremendous job of stalling here, Ian. Uh, I,
2: I'm just I'm just running through <laughs> it for everyone. I mean, he's so
3: running through Ian's forensic files. Yes. So, I mean, which is fine. He's just let, he's doing forensic the forensic final. files thing.
2: It's <laughs> fine. If you if you want to narrow it down based on all of those criteria yeah i mean Najee harris is eliminated on age but yep. still is a, a very good pick and as i've okay. said all along i would not be sad about Najee harris being a pittsburgh steel i'd be very happy mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. um travis oh, Etienne checks all the boxes pat fryermuth yes. checks all the boxes um you know we said tevin jenkins looks really good on tape doesn't check the, a couple of the doesn't boxes, check Alex Leatherwood from my or from Alabama, however, does check the boxes. Yeah, um, can you see that's... him
3: in left tackle either? I can't no. either. No. Look
2: at his wingspan, though. He's got like it is five huge. Inch it is yeah. huge. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay. Great. You know they. Russ Grimm took Max Starks because he had this gigantic wingspan. As he put it, "You need a cab to get around that guy. He's so big." Okay. <laughs> yes. And Max Starks was a. Not a good left tackle. He was not. He never was. Even he when was, when he, he developed was and he was franchise player, even when he developed and he was a franchise player, he still was not a good left tackle.
2: He I was better at left than at
0: right. God, I hope we don't take him in the first
3: round because I don't I don't like that guy at left tackle.
2: <laughs> anyway, Ian, your yes. selection is <laughs> Oh man. I mean, if if I had to put my feet to the fire right now. Yeah. Oh man! I mean, I, I, I really. Can I narrow it down to three? Oh, the uh, love of God! I mean, yes, I say, go I say, ahead. All right, I'd Mac say, Jones, <laughs> Landon Dickerson, uh-huh. uh, and I'd say Travis the- Etienne, Alex Leatherwood, and Asante Samuel Jr. would be okay. my three. All right, I, I really think. I mean, they went to Florida State's Pro Day. I know Florida State wasn't a ranked team. No. But the, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. has the NFL bloodlines. He's got the talent. He's got the athleticism. You could plug him in at slot corner right now and right then now. potentially put him outside later. They, if they do like the bloodlines. The yep. Yeah, I I, I I, think Asante Samuel Jr. is really seriously in the conversation for this pick. So, okay. um, yeah, I'd say etn leatherwood and asante samuel jr will be my top three not in that order i'd say etn first samuel second
0: uh ben
3: well i'm gonna pee all over uh what ian (laughs) just said and tell you guys that i think this year is going to be a total aberration all right um i will not if they end up doing this consider it as a part of their history because it's such a weird year Yep, it's it so weird. It is. From a draft standpoint, not just for us and the limited amount of availability of, of, of information, consumable information that's out mm-hmm. there, but also mm-hmm. the fact that the Steelers are under these weird constraints when it comes to seeing players firsthand, seeing them in person. Right. Um so I I just think it's gonna be a weird year a lot of things are going to happen day 1 a lot of dominoes are going to fall with a lot of teams that are going to impact the entire draft and make things fall in such a way that we're just going to go what the hell oh, and again sure. whatever happens this year I I I'm going to throw it out I'm prepared already just to throw it out and go okay we're not including that in the tendencies because this year is just a total aberration it's just so flipping mm-hmm. weird um i think the steelers have got the potential, okay, for mm-hmm. a trade back with Green Bay. Green Bay has 10 picks. Green Bay has been aggressive in the past with trading. Yeah. Of course, there has to be a player that right. Green Bay likes that's falling and gets to twenty four ish for the Steelers to be able to trade back to twenty nine. But if the Steelers can do that, they trade back to twenty nine and they can pick up like a third round pick. Um, that would get that's them an threes. ideal scenario. Yeah, it yeah, is. That, I'd love it. The, so what another I,
2: top one hundred pick. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah,
3: it would be fantastic. They'd, they'd get another pick and on day two. I'd love that, and we'll see, and hopefully it happens. But what I'd like to see them do is trade back and take like Pat Fryermuth mm-hmm. or Creed Humphrey.
2: Yes, or, I, would, I love.
3: Yeah,
0: I, I would love either of those.
3: I, I like Humphrey a lot. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's too early to take Spencer Brown. That's me. Um, uh, I, I my do, feelings yeah. wouldn't be hurt if both Etienne and Harris were off the board, and they took a Javante Williams at twenty nine. That wouldn't bother me. Um, that might be a little bit early, Yeah, that it might be a little bit early to take Williams, but I'd be okay with it. Or an Asante Samuel, an Asante yeah. Samuel at twenty nine. I'd be okay with I, that. I'd be pretty psyched, you know. Do you and think it kills... he makes
2: it to twenty nine.
0: Yeah, I think Samuel thinks it's twenty nine. Well, Williams is not making it to fifty five. Therefore, I'd be fine taking him at twenty nine. Probably not. I yes. I don't see him making it that far.
3: To, to, Probably to not. But maybe I, I I'm yeah. back and forth. But no, I I know. Williams That's, is really Williams is a really ideal fit for the offense. I think they're going to run. I, and I view it that way too. Yeah, he he's outstanding, and he he broke almost as many tackles as Nadja Harris mm-hmm. this year. You know, and I think he played fewer games. He did. He played fewer games. Fewer. So yeah. it is what it is. But uh, you know, uh, we'll see you next week. Um, yeah. We're we're obviously we, I. I think we're planning on getting together immediately after we, the
0: first pick, right? We we are. In fact, we might even get together during the pick. I think that would be exciting uh, to, to get our reactions as the pick is made, but we'll talk more about that in the week to come. And uh, Yeah, I, I would love a trade down. I think if we can pick up one or two extra picks, I would be thrilled over the moon, all of those things you want to say. And, and I, I did want to just mention one non-draft topic. Wait a minute. Uh, You didn't you didn't answer your own fucking question. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, did I? (laughs) Shit. I was trying to get away with that. Uh I, I I completely understand where Ben is coming from that this has been an extremely unusual year. So the possibility is really, really high that they break from some traditional tendencies. Now, what that ultimately means, I don't know. Does that mean Najee Harris? I, I just don't know. Um I I would not be stunned uh if if they pull one of those Artie Burns things where nobody sees it coming. Um I don't know who it would be, but um I I I just I mean I'm a believer you build in the offensive line first, you find a running back in the second or third round. Um and and I would love Creed Creed Humphrey. I I think that's my center. I think there's your anchor for the next ten years plus. Uh, he doesn't have nearly the injury problems that Landon Dickinson has. It and, isn't and just I, that you know,
3: he's he's a better athlete than Pouncy was.
0: I I agree. He's, and, and he's, he's a former and he's, wrestler. Yeah, yep. he's
3: wrestled his entire life. He understands yep. leverage, and with proper coaching, he could be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, and of I, centers I, I, though don't. Not as a first round pick, but a later round. Don't sleep on Josh Myers from Ohio State. He's he's yeah, not bad as round. like a, a third or fourth. He's round a third pick. Or, yeah. or fourth round guy. But, yeah. but can
3: Josh Myers come in this year and start?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. think
0: Humphrey. I can plug in right now. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, and and that's that's where I'm kind of at, and. I know he doesn't check all the boxes in terms of the Tomlin-Colbert stuff, but uh, I I, I just really like him. So, I I mean, he he would be uh, a great fit for me uh, at at 24, and especially trading down. I I love the Green Bay theory. I think it's tremendous. I, I would be thrilled. Uh, if they can pull that off because they really, really, this is one of those years the Steelers need the extra picks. They've got that much depth and that many starting positions to take care of. Um, And before I go, I would like to say, shut the hell up, Tom Brady um what, what the i mean he's all upset because they've the league has agreed to allow players to change numbers oh no now i won't be able to identify who the the, the linebackers are from the defensive backs it's, you know for once isn't it nice that the defense maybe gets a rule change in its favor uh I, I, oh god shut up uh, I, I don't
2: I don't hate the rule change. I'll just say don't buy any players' jerseys this year because there's going to be a lot of changes. I oh, agree. there's going to be a lot of changes. I agree,
3: and I, I think that, that one, a lot of players will not change numbers this year. This year. And fans need to be aware of that. Like, right. if Juju Smith-Schuster, for example, decides that he's going to go from number 19 to number 9, uh-huh. he has to buy. Yes. He personally has to purchase or Purchase is the wrong word. He has to make up the cost for yep. all of the number 19 jerseys that have already been produced by NFL suppliers.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay? Mm-hmm. You're talking tens of thousands of dollars yes. to change your fucking jersey number. A lot of guys are going to go, no, the hell with that. I'll change it next year. right? And I'll, I'll let them know I'm doing that in, in 2022. And then yeah. I won't have to pay anything.
0: No, it's an so, excellent point.
3: Ian Ian made the point. It's dead on. Don't buy any jerseys this year. Because guys or or buy throwbacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, because buy if you're a Steelers fan, get yourself a Donny Shell jersey. Because if you're going to the Hall of Fame this year, that'll be a great jersey to own. I think it's a fantastic yeah. idea. You know, get yourself a Vince Williams uh away jersey. I got one of those. Yeah. Those are great. That, jerseys that ain't to have. changing, folks. That ain't, that ain't changing. changing. I agree. Mm. You know, yep. go with somebody who's safe. Do not go with the young guns because they're gonna Never. change their numbers. I I wouldn't even buy a Minka Fitzpatrick jersey this year.
0: Oh no. I what was he at at uh, Alabama? He was he was a single digit, wasn't he? I, God I, I thought he was. Wasn't he like twenty nine. Oh, maybe he was, was twenty nine. You're you're right. He was twenty nine yeah. in Miami. Yeah, maybe I think maybe was he was twenty nine in, in
3: Alabama. I don't know. Um he said he wasn't changing because uh, he had a good year, his first year I with the Steelers. Agreed. So he was yeah. leaving it. But yeah. it won't shock me if he, did, if he changes it now.
2: Uh, anyway, that'll about – uh... Alabama too what's that yeah okay. he was 29 at Alabama which is so honestly why I haven't bought a Minka jersey yet he's the one guy I would buy a jersey for but like oh I'm he says he's not changing him.
3: yeah he said he wasn't changing to 29 uh this year no. he's like I had a I had a good first year with the Steelers um I it's just a good omen for me just to stick with the same jersey so I'm I'm sticking with it
0: yeah yeah no nope, i think that's what's going to happen you're going to see this all uh kind of come to a head in a year from now because those guys aren't going to want to be spending that kind of money uh anyway we will be back with you next week during the draft and boy are we looking forward to it we are ready to go and we're kind of looking forward to it being over you know uh, honestly oh, yeah. i'm
3: really looking forward to the meltdown on twitter no matter what oh, the steelers God. do it isn't going to matter steelers twitter is going to lose it's Fucking
0: collective mind. If if they draft Najee Harris, I think it's going to be overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, but it was overwhelmingly positive when they took Rashard Mendenhall.
2: It was.
3: Was it? It was the 2008 draft. Everybody thought was going to be the greatest draft ever, and um, it was terrible. That was the worst draft. That I I think it's the worst draft on the Colbert record. I think
2: uh Ian yes correct me if I'm wrong is. yes statistically speaking it is and I have data to back that up that's and, all and I'll 2009, say 2009
3: yeah. I thought was way worse than Ian said it was
0: but I still think that was a shitty draft um <laughs> yeah uh the Steelers 2008 draft for those of you keeping score at home uh that was Rashard Mendenhall Last, terrible sweet. Uh, uh, and eventually, a young man named Limus Swede, um, who God loved the man's effort for blocking, but he couldn't catch a cold. Bruce Davis, linebacker oh, out of UCLA. <laughs> Turnstile Tony Hills, uh, from from Texas. Dennis Dixon, who played at uh, Oregon. Oregon, uh, yeah, linebacker Mike Humple from Iowa, and actually. The one guy you could argue had the best career out of all of them in the sixth round, Ryan Mundy of West Virginia.
2: <laughs> and Woodland Hills High School. I was he say he started also... at Michigan too, didn't he? He went to Michigan first he did. in West Virginia. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Yeah.
0: Yep. But uh, anyway, we'll be back with you next week during the draft. We're looking forward to it, and we hope you are too. Uh, For Ben and Ian, uh, this is Steel Dad signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.